Greet each one in the name of the Lord Jesus this morning. We talked about uh, traditions. Today is a traditional day. Somebody tell me what the tradition is today. Father's Day. Okay. Title my message is Seven Reminders for Father's Day 2014. Um, is this a tradition of men? <laughs> uh, last Father's Day, this this uh, this turned out the same as last year. Warren preached a Mother's Day sermon, 2013. I preached a Father's Day sermon. Uh, this is uh, my uh, introduction from last year. I'm going to go over it just a little bit again. Uh, Father's Day was first observed in 1910. Uh, that's, this is in the United States, in Spokane, Washington. A lady named Sonora Dodd began this tradition. Um, her father was William Jackson Smart, and uh, he lost his wife when the children were young in their teens, and uh, her daughter, his daughter. Uh, thought that a day should be set aside to honor fathers, especially her father, for raising a family without a wife. And for many years, uh, this was not accepted widely. Uh, some, some kept it, some didn't. Um, some wanted to uh, scrap both Mother's Day and Father's Day and make... Uh, have one holiday, which is Parents' Day, and uh, but finally, uh, through the uh, pressures, I guess, uh, traditions of men's traditions, <laughs> if that's what it is. Finally, in 1972, uh, Richard Nixon signed the bill, uh, making it uh, a national day to honor fathers on the third Sunday in June. This was 1972. I was surprised to read uh, or to uh, learn that, that it was that recent. <clears throat> and I don't know if this is a downside to it or, um, or what, but uh, economists estimate that more than one billion dollars is spent on gifts for this occasion. Uh, could this money be used better? I don't know. That's a we're, we don't want to get into another uh, too much of a discussion on that I guess that's just a little background for Father's Day <clears throat> these uh, seven reminders that I have are like characteristics qualities would be another word and these are characteristics that should be evident in the lives of fathers who are followers of Christ and many of them probably should be evident in the uh, lives of fathers even if they're not Christians. Each of these uh, each of these uh, characteristics or qualities that I want to discuss this morning could each be a message. So there could be seven messages but uh, we're going to uh, put them all into one this morning. First of all, uh, number one, fathers must be faithful. 
we need to be as fathers uh, we need to be faithful to God first of all to our uh, relationship with to, to the Lord faithful to him and we need to be uh, to be good examples uh, to our families we need to be faithful to the church uh, we need to be faithful to our families as fathers uh, we need to be faithful to our wives and to our children uh, faithfulness is uh, is a trait that is assumed uh, for Christians I would like to read just a couple of uh, opening verses here uh, Ephesians 1 verse 1 Here's what Paul says. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. He's assuming that those who are God's people are faithful people. Uh, we have the same thought then as we go into the book of uh, Colossians. The... Um, I think this is Colossians 1 verse 2 this one to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ which are at Colossae grace be unto you and peace from the God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ Paul is assuming and um, making the assumption that these men or these people who he's writing to are faithful people uh, Second, Second Timothy Second Timothy six. Excuse me, first Timothy six verse two. And they that have believing masters, let them not despise them, because they are brethren, but rather do them service, because they are faithful and beloved partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. Uh, the assumption here is that those who are uh, in the church that Paul was writing to were faithful men, faithful people. We have examples of uh, in the uh, examples in the Bible. We could probably um, use many of faithful men. I'd like to uh, look at uh, Galatians three verse nine. This mentions Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written. Okay, uh, verse 9. I'm going to read verse 8. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In these shall all the nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. It links the word faithful there right with his name faithful Abraham then if we go into uh, into Hebrews the um, the third chapter it speaks there of uh, Moses uh, verse 5 and Moses verily was faithful in his house all his house as servants as a servant for testimony of those things which were to be spoken after and so my encouragement for us as fathers then is that we we be faithful Many other verses could be uh, given on this uh, idea of faithfulness. Faithfulness is uh, 
is a trait that uh, it takes some work. It takes, uh, you know, it isn't uh, automatic, but uh, we need to be considering it and be faithful <coughs> as fathers. Uh, secondly, then, uh, fathers must be alert to the, uh, the dangers of a sinful society. And here, uh, I was, uh, when I looked at the Sunday school lesson and uh, this one in, in verse in 2 verse uh, 8 beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ there are uh, there are many dangers in society we talked about it in the Sunday school lesson uh, the, the discussion and um, I was, uh, I didn't realize how closely the Sunday school lesson was related to some of the points in my message here until we were, were here and began to discuss it. The, um, it, it says that we're, uh, Jesus said we're to take heed that no man deceive you. And, and he was talking about that in, um, uh, in the context of end time uh, of the, what he talked about in the end times. He said, uh, to let, uh, take heed that no man deceive you. Fathers, uh, when we recognize, we need to be alert to those dangers. Uh, I just received a, a little newsletter uh, I get from a group in Kentucky, I think it is, and uh, one of the sidebars in that uh, little newsletter uh, mentioned the fact that the, the devil comes in the front door with an arm full of books. You now we talk about, uh, uh, you know, we've, we've uh, kept television out of our homes for years and years and all, for all uh, many times, but then someone has made the, men, uh, made the statement that uh, the thing has come in the back door uh, with computers. Uh, Satan comes right in the front door with uh, an armful of books. And there are books that you could, um, uh, you can go to, um, I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. You can go to the Bible bookstore and you can drag home a pickup load of books that are not safe to look at. Um, we need to be careful and need, need to be alert and aware of those dangers of sinful society that are coming in in this way. Uh, let no man deceive you. There's a... Uh, in First Chronicles... First um, Chronicles is not an easy book to read to begin with. Uh, it, it's talking about... Uh, uh, genealogies and um, all of this but there's an interest every once in a while when you go through these genealogies if you uh, have the patience to do that every once in a while you come across a what I call a jewel or a gem I'm going to read one this morning <clears throat> First Chronicles 12 
he lists the uh, tribes of Israel and in verse uh, 32 this is what he says and the children of Issachar which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do the heads of them were 200 and all their brethren were at their commandment uh, they had understanding of the times. Um, Jesus warned us that we were to um, be aware of uh, signs at the end, end and uh, of his coming so that we're not deceived. Do we understand the times? Uh, sometimes I think we, we go at it a little backwards. We look at the... Uh, we pay attention to the, um, the news, the daily news and the news media, uh, and then we try to fit it into what the Bible is saying. Uh, Kenny had a point here when he closed the Sunday school lesson. We ought to be looking at the genuine, and then we'll probably be better able to understand the times. You know, if we spend more time in the Word of God than we do uh, with the uh, the news media uh, will probably have a lot better grasp of the times than we would if we uh, spend too much time watching the news and trying to fit it into what the Bible says. I'm at point number three. Fathers need to be temperate. This is the idea of self-control. Self-control is one of the fruits of the spirit it's all a very familiar verse Galatians 5 where it talks about the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long suffering gentleness goodness and it mentions tempers which is self control uh, turn with me to a couple verses in Proverbs the first one is Proverbs 16 32 he that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh the city. Uh, that's self-control. To rule the spirit. Uh, the opposite is, is also true. And that's in uh, Proverbs 25 and uh, 28. He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that's broken down and without walls. We, we refuse to uh, control what our thinking, uh, control our, what we ingest as in, uh, in reading and so on. If we refuse to control that, um, we, we become like a broken down city, it says, without walls. Uh, to the New Testament now, 1 Corinthians 9. Verse 25, And every man that striveth for the mastery is tempered in all things. Now we do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but uh, they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. 
Paul was concerned about uh, the self-control that was needed in his life. Uh, we think Paul, a spiritual uh, person as Paul was, and yet he was—he uh, had his battles. We we can uh, get this from some of his writings that uh, he needed to uh, practice self-control. It's something that all of us need. And especially as, uh, as fathers, uh, thinking of Father's Day and these characteristics, we need temperance, self-control. Uh, Titus 1 verse 8, this is talking about the choosing of the ministry. And uh, saying, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good man, sober, just, holy, tempered. And it mentions the word tempered or self-control. Uh, second verse of the second chapter, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, and patience. So uh, I guess you could say it's not only fathers that need to be temperate, but grandfathers as well, says the aged. <clears throat> Temperance is something that touches all of our, our life uh, from the time we're young till we're old. Uh, it takes self-control. Uh, when we've been wronged by others, uh, we need self-control. When, uh, when we as fathers, something irks us, um, do we practice self-control? Uh, self-control in our homes, in our families, in our business life, in our purchasing. Uh, we need uh, to practice temperance. It touches all of life. Okay, number four. Fathers must hear the word of God and do it. I'm going to read from Matthew 7. A very familiar account. A parable of Jesus. Verse 24, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and the great was the fall of it. The difference between those who simply hear but don't do, and uh, the one that hears but and uh, does what he what he hears. Uh, James has something to say about that too. I'm going to read that part. James, the first chapter. Uh, starting at uh, verse 19. Wherefore, wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. And he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, 
he be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. If any man among you seem to be religion, religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. To hear the word of God and, and do it. Our walk needs to keep up with our talk. Uh, it's not, uh, Jesus didn't say uh, uh, to hear and say or know, but he said to hear and do. You know, it's one thing to, if we hear the word of God and we know what it says and we can say what it says, we can repeat it, we can uh, uh, have it in our lives, but do we do it? That's the question. That's where the uh, uh, that's the uh, the thing that proves: do we really hear the word, and do we do it? <clears throat> okay, I'm up to number five. Fathers, eternal values must be top priority. Jesus said, "Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also." He also said, lay down up for yourself treasures on earth, but in heaven. First uh, Timothy 6. Just a few verses I'd like to read about this. Okay, the verses are uh, verse 12. not the verse I was looking for. Okay, verse 19 was the other one. Laying up for yourselves, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. Um, yeah, it was verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. This is the, the, the um, phrase I wanted. Uh, Wherefore thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Eternal values need to be a top priority with us. You know, there's these things around us um, that are temporal um, are are things that will pass away. Uh, There are things that uh, are eternal that are more important. Hebrews 9 verse 5 says... um, And I don't have that that uh, one right either. Uh, let's look at Second Corinthians four. Seventeen and eighteen. For our light affliction which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. 
While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And so we need to keep in mind those things that are eternal. Um, turn again back to the Gospels, Luke, Luke 12. Here's what Jesus said. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell what ye have, and give alms. Provide thing yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens which faileth not, where no thief approacheth, neither moth corrupteth. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I'm not sure about you, but uh, when Jesus talks about uh, a bag with holes, um, that's what my billfold seems like. <laughs> uh, the money passes through and it's gone, but uh, Jesus said uh, we're to lay up treasures in heaven where uh, moth and rust doesn't corrupt, where thieves do not break through and steal. And so we need to, as fathers, we need to uh, have eternal values to be our top priority, not uh, temporal things, uh, prioritize temporal things, but spiritual things and those things which will last through eternity. Uh, our children, our families, they are eternal. Uh, are we paying attention to uh, those uh, things that will take with us to eternity, through it, in, into eternity? rather than uh, all the material things that we uh, seem to be so interested in and, and they are necessary to a point but uh, what's our priorities? Are we focusing on the, um, the eternal? Number six Fathers your relationships need to be maintained uh, first of all, a relationship with God. Uh, it takes time. Relationships are not um, don't come automatic either. Uh, relationships with the church, relationship with the family, with the wife and children. Uh, this is not just automatic things, but it takes it takes time to maintain our relationship, proper relationship, our right relationship. It takes time invested. Um, sometimes we talk about spending time. No, we spend time with the Lord. We spend time with our wife. Spend time with the family. Um, I like the word invest a little better. You know, once you spend something, it's gone. But you invest something, you expect a return. And when you invest time with your family, invest time with God, invest time with the church, and uh, these, uh, uh, this will be, uh, it will bring rewards. It will bring, uh, uh, to invest our time, uh, we expect a return, a return which is positive. <clears throat> See, I have marked down Romans 
We'll see what that says. Romans 12, I think I know. Romans 12, 18. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Be careful and uh, work on our relationships. Be able to live peaceably with brethren in the church and with neighbors. And uh, okay, number seven. Uh, fathers need to follow servanthood examples. And the best example for servanthood is. Jesus himself. Jesus washed his disciples' feet. When they argued about who was the greatest, he said, uh, He that's greatest among you shall be your servant. Galatians 6, 9 and 10 says this, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. We have therefore, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. So we have uh, the idea of being servants. Uh, I thought fathers were to be the leaders in the home. Um, we can be leaders and still be servants. Servants to our families, servants to our neighbors, servants to our brethren and sisters in the church. Uh, we're not to be we're to be servants, not tyrants. And uh, that uh, that is so true in in our home life. Um, I'm the boss. I'm the father. Uh, do as I say. Uh, is that our attitude, or are we there to help our our uh, children, our, our spouse? Are we there to uh, give them encouragement and to uh, be a servant uh, in our leadership role? And so these are seven qualities that I've uh, picked out for Father's Day. Um, but they're not only for fathers. Uh, you who are young people, young sisters and brothers who are not fathers or mothers. These are qualities that are good for you. Uh, the sisters in the church, even the little children. These are qualities and characteristics that each of us should be, be embracing. <clears throat> uh, so, to... Uh, I'm going to put some a visual on the board here, and this is to help you remember the points in this message. Um, it's also to reiterate. You know what that word means, children? 
<laughs> reiterate means to repeat. So I'm going to repeat these main points. And uh, this little exercise will help you remember the points of the message. should be able to do this by Okay, we talked about faithfulness. We talked about alert being alert. We talked about temperance. And hearing the word of God, doing it. And eternal values. Uh, relationships. And servanthood. And there's my outline for my Father's Day message. And I'm, I wanted to mention uh, when I started that this list is a uh, list of characteristics is just a beginning. You know, there could be many other good characteristics for us to look at, but I chose these in relation to my message for Father's Day. Let's kneel together for prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we call on you this morning, this special day, a day that is uh, our nation sets apart for recognizing uh, fathers and uh, their worth. And we know that. Uh, in many ways it is abused and yet we realize that fathers are important that uh, leadership in the home is something that is vitally important to the church and families and in our nation so father we just pray that you would help us to remember these few points that we talked of this morning help us to put it to practice in our lives, help us to walk with you, be with us through the activities of the day, and help us to look to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.